Hey folks, the volume's a little low in the show this week, so maybe you want to turn things up a little. Uh, Sorry for that trouble. We're going to take care of that in the future, but really, really, really enjoy the show. Uh, We did it with you in mind. (laughs) We appreciate you listening to Critical Thinking for Everyone. It's Critical Thinking for Everyone! Everybody, welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone. I'm Patty Payette. She is Patty Payette, and I'm Brian Barnes, and we're back in the old town feed. We are back on location to one of our favorite places. Historic. Historic. Echoey. And a little echoey, but you know what? It kind of sounds majestic. Yeah, I think it's. I think it, it adds to our authenticity. I think it does. Okay. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we are here, and we have fresh. Show. We do have a fresh new show. And I'm really excited about it, even though I say that every time. <laughs> sure. So what's our fresh show about this time? It is about a new website that everyone in the world can access. Okay. Created by two of our colleagues at the University of Louisville. Okay. And it's called Citizen Literacy Project. Citizen Literacy Project. That sounds like it's about reading. Uh, you know, yes, it does, but okay. it's not. All right. Literacy in the sense of how can you be a literate citizen, meaning a almost like a critical thinking. There's like a level of literacy oh, in terms yeah. of a critical thinking. Well, we talk, about crit- we talk about criticality as um, a civic virtue sometimes. Is this where that's going? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's check it out. This is what they call it. All citizen right. literacy is an online toolkit that promotes the development skills for democratic citizenship and features short videos, handouts, and activities that faculty across the disciplines can integrate into their courses and assignments. Oh, nice. But anyone can benefit. And I have to tell you, when I sat down and started going through some of this mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. some of it, stuff, some of it you and I already know because we've talked about it on the show, but sure. some of it was so good and juicy. Okay. All right. Well, like what kinds of things did you find that were useful? I mean, e- even for the people who listen to our show, I mean... Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. There's um, there's six sections, okay. and I'm going to go ahead and start with the one that I found the most eye-opening. Algorithmic literacy? Yes. Oh, it's too, it's too nerdy. Oh, but see, remember, these are written at the student level. All right. So, so all right. okay, based on that term, algorithmic literacy, right. what do you assume that this section is about? Um, it's about math. <laughs> I can hear it have the heaviness in your it's voice. It's the section we're all going to avoid until the end because it's about math. Actually, it's about how you are the subject of all these invisible algorithms happening on the internet to steal your information and keep oh, you in a bubble. Man. Oh, that's absolutely what's happening. So this turns us on to those processes. Yes, that was so great. I actually went in and changed my Facebook settings and I have no to tell way. you, yes, I have oh, to tell wow. you about okay, it. Sure, okay, sure, sure. All right, let's, let's okay, learn so, some stuff. So first, this is what it's asking you to do. Explore the impact of unseen algorithms on the online content we see and the ramifications on privacy, discrimination, and political polarization. So folks, this isn't just about privacy. It's also about how does it actually limit what you see and the points of view that you're able to consume because it's customizing with every click. It actually keeps you from being a critical thinker by keeping you in your own 
little bubble because, oh, she just clicked on the New York Times then. She's going to love this article from Fox. Oh, right. See? I think, yeah, that's absolutely the way that it works because um, there are assumptions that are made by those who are in charge of creating these algorithms and directing them. <clears throat> and I think that many of their assumptions are that most of us are disinterested in points of view that compete with our own. Exactly. Yeah, and they the assumption is that if we spend too much time engaging with points of view that are different from our own, we'll just turn off. Like we'll if we find ourselves directed into a big patch of that stuff, we're just going to quit as opposed to trying to get through it and maybe even trying to learn from it. So there's, um, you know, critical thinking really wants us to attack multiple perspectives. And so any social media position um, that we find ourselves in where there really are no dissenting voices should be carefully investigated because there's probably a lot of, um, there's probably a lot of slant there, right? I mean, if it's only stuff that I agree with, then it's just reinforcing the stuff that I agree with. And so it's awfully hard for me to get to those other sides. Right. So this toolkit not only helps you figure out how you are being manipulated, but what you can do about it. Oh, nice. I didn't know we could do anything about yes. it. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. We can go back to campfires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not just unplug, but cut the plug. Well, you and know. burn up the generator. <laughs> During COVID, a lot of people are going outside and enjoying their fire pits at night as a way maybe to go back to... Basics oh yeah, like oh yeah, escape. back to basics. Instead of fireflies, we have our phones around the fire pit. I don't know. Exactly. I mean, I suppose it's an improvement on something. Oh. So let me talk about this one because I thought it was the most, the juiciest one. Go get it. Okay. So first, let me explain what algorithms are. Yeah. Let's define they're math. them. They're okay. Math. <laughs> yeah, everybody, just buckle up. Math. Algorithms are complex computational formulas used by online platforms like Google, Amazon, Facebook, etc. to keep us engaged with their products and services. They collect data based on our online activity and use that data to tailor what we see and what we don't see. Bum, bum. So let me just say this again. Google, Amazon, Facebook. I want you to personally think in the last seven days, how many times have you clicked on either Google, Amazon, or Facebook? Brian Me? Barnes, approximately. How many times in have you seven clicked days? on any of those in the last seven days? I'm curious. So you had to estimate. Fifty. Okay. Maybe. Fifty. For those, yeah, for those three, yeah. maybe, maybe so, that's low. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what I did to fix to fix uh, the my problem when I mm -hmm. when I read about how Facebook tracks me. But yeah. but let me just share a couple strategies before you didn't I get even know into you had one. a problem. I didn't even know I had a problem. Actually, that's not true. Yes, okay. and you were. I was in a meeting with Brian. Listen, listeners, I, Brian was leading a meeting. There was about six people in the room, and Brian exclusive. <laughs> That's how we, we tag those. Anybody, if you're listening, is welcome to come for future meetings. And the Engagement Committee for the Sustainability Council. And Brian is showing a screen where he's got up a project that we are all going to be engaged in. And it shows Bomba socks. Okay? It's talking about this company called Bombas and their socks. So we spend in the meeting probably 15, 20 minutes talking about sure, it. Right? Sure. I don't write anything down. I'm not recording it. I'm just listening. Okay, mm -hmm. so then later that day, I get onto Facebook.
<laughs> and I see advertisements for Bomba socks and I freak out. And I think very, very precisely back to that meeting and think, did I write anything down? Did I record anything? Did I take a photo of it? Did I, did Brian grab my phone and type in bombas.com? <laughs> no, none of those things happened. Yeah. That freaked me out. So what happened, what really happened is the thing that really ought to freak you out is that you have now learned and everyone listening to the show has now learned that I am a style maker. <laughs> See, because I am ahead of the curve just enough that once I introduce a fashion item, it is released to the general public. Okay. And so that's what happened. <laughs> or, or, or what happened or, is there were always Bombas ads. And mm. you didn't know what they were before, so you just ignored them like you do so many other ads. I bet if we go through and ask you or anybody else, I should have made my own quiz. I, I wonder... If we could, uh, if we could name any of the ads that I ignored, like because you ignore them, right? But I mean, ads pop up constantly when I'm in these online spaces, right? And they give me a name, or they give me a topic, or they give me or whatever a product, yeah, something. And so there is something there, but what I mean, do I always ignore them? Do I sometimes engage with them? The question is, how much do I remember the ones I ignored? Because it might just be that you were ignoring them the whole time. Maybe, but when you learn about algorithms, yeah, you start to realize... You start to realize that there are other people algorithmically. So here are strategies. Because folks, I know everyone's had... The, where you go to Google and you're searching for a new pair of curtains... Start so I know, folks, I'm guessing many of you have this where you go to Google and you're looking for a new set of curtains or a new pair of shoes or something like that to order online, even if you're just going to browse and see what's out there and you're not planning to buy. And then you log into your um, a Facebook account, all of a sudden yeah. you have ads. Or even you write an email. I send a Gmail to you using mm. my Gmail account. It's all email, tied in, right? And I say to you, Brian, mm. hey – do you want to meet for drinks at um, this restaurant or, or something like that? And then all of a sudden, my ads start because it's listening to my email. <laughs> that is crazy. So that's all. That's all that. Well, perhaps critical thinking can help us recognize that we're being surveilled by these corporations and by the state. I mean, is that what you're getting at? Is that it's time for the revolution? We got enough revolutions on our hands right now. Okay, let's let's table that you one. You say you want a revolution. Let's table that one. All right, here's some strategies. So the first one is Wait a minute, what's the problem again? That, okay, that's what I want to know. Okay, what's the problem, the that problem. We're fighting against? Since the information we see is personalized based on assumptions about us, yeah. we are less likely to see diverse perspectives or conflicting points of view. The internet becomes an echo chamber reinforcing our beliefs. So are you saying that in that meeting a few months ago, are you saying that an echo was created? Are you saying that somehow your device heard that and started somehow, giving you? Well, I'm 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 inferring that because I I am paranoid. I'm a little paranoid about this device. So so, so here are some strategies for algorithm literacy. All right. Okay. Go to your settings button. Click on settings and private. As usual, it's buried. Okay. Click on settings and privacy. Yeah. Go to privacy shortcuts. Your Facebook info. And when I got there, you won't believe this. Guess what I saw? No, Guess I what it told me? No, I didn't. It said, 
This is a summary. Oh, and it's called, I'm sorry, the next step is your off Facebook activity. In other words, it can tell me what activity that it's, <laughs> really? right? that it's tracking. And, yes, and get this. This is a summary of the, and it gave me a number, apps and websites that have shared my activity. I want you to guess in 10 years on Facebook, how many? 10 years? Yes, oh get gosh. this. This is a summary of the fill-in-the-blank number, apps and websites that have shared your activity. I want you to guess how many that number was. It, it floored me. A yes. thousand. 1,283. And here I took a photo of the list. You can see Vox, Niche.com, WKU, CNN, Vox, MapQuest, MSNBC, Land's End. I mean, a thousand. And then you. <laughs> and, and they're sharing your been, info. Yes. Yeah. They're sharing. My, so guess what I did? You hit a button that says clear history. And up something pops up and it says, okay, if you click this button, that means if you want to go into any of these, you know how sometimes it lets you log in through Facebook? A website says, do you want to log right. in through that? Right. See? And it says you will have to now log in. And I'm like, I never do that. I never choose that option. Okay. So I click clear history. Am I in here? Is that where I'm supposed to Privacy be? shortcuts. 1,200 apps. 1,200 important websites. apps. Websites. Apps and websites. Wow. Okay. So folks, so what I learned there was how to, how to, on, how to clear that history. So that okay. Facebook is not all of a sudden getting all of my, what I'm doing online. Okay. 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 And is that, I mean, <clears throat> let me just, let me just ask for a second. Like, are we sure that we're worried about that? <laughs> yeah. Are uh, we yes. sure? Yes, I am. Why? Because it is making assumptions about me and based on that, that what I see, even what I see on Facebook, what articles and feeds I see, uh -huh. it is it is arranging that based on assumptions it's making about my wow. clicks and things that I right. So sure. So that's um, so anyway. But I mean, is that bad because it's also like letting you get more quickly into certain kinds of websites? It's letting you purchase. Stuff. I, but I don't want it to manipulate me. Um, it's not manipulating you. It's it's giving you access. It's it's facilitating. Well, here is <clears> you're manipulating it. Here are some reasons what it can do. It can, it can. Um, well, what we can do, we can examine our biases because we can break out of the echo chamber and look for information across multiple platforms. Okay. How do your personal views affect the way you look and interpret information? Okay. So it's actually, again, keeping me in a bubble and showing me things that it thinks I want based on all How often clicks. is it right? Uh, well, it's hard for me to say because I have nothing to compare it to, but a lot of times, yes, okay. it's putting in front of me things that I, that I am like, oh, that's interesting. Well, for sure. I mean, I feel the same way that I feel like it's pretty good, but I do know it gets some stuff wrong, especially because there are certain categories of things that I already have too many of. And like, I'm not going to buy anymore. Like, I don't really care what it is. Like, Bomba I'm never, yeah, yeah Bomba <laughs> socks. I got them. I'm fine. You know? Um, but yeah, they're constantly putting product categories in front of me where I go, well, yeah, I understand that you think I like that, but you don't know everything. But even news stories, see, it's even it's even curating. It does, yeah. In Google, yeah. all right. So a couple other strategies before we move on to another literacy topic, because this one's really good. But um, so we, how many of these are there? 
There's six of them. Uh, we might need more shows. Yeah. All right. By we the might. way, if you're trying to figure out what the hell you've been doing for the last 20 minutes or so, <laughs> this is critical thinking for everyone. We are on 106.5 FM, WFMPLP, Louisville, Kentucky. It's forward just, it's, <laughs> it's social justice radio. Whatever else it might be. It's definitely social justice radio. It's of the people, by the people, for the people. And we need your support at 20 bones a month. We would love it. We would love it at the very minimum 20 bones. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're talking about today on Forward Radio and our show here is the Citizen Literacy Toolkit put together by our colleagues, Rob Detmering and Amber Willenborg. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Rob and Amber at the library. So you you folks can get there by going to library.louisville.edu slash citizen hyphen literacy. Well, you could do that. I mean, you could also get there. I mean, I would take maybe 264 to Crittenden Drive, (laughs) maybe, and then get Eastern Parkway to campus. But you could also do this other thing. If you do show up in person, make sure you have that's yeah, right. That's right. Because Rob, you know Rob won't let you in the library. You know what? They don't let you in the library now unless you're the U of M staff or faculty or student. With a mask. With a mask. Yeah, so, there's a guard sorry, there. Folks. Yeah, there's a guard there. I bet they'd let you in to use the Starbucks. So, um, they might. Yes, they probably let you in the Starbucks. Okay. So here are the other topics. Let's let's see which one you want to talk about next. There's news literacy, evaluating expertise, informed voting, and lateral reading. I'm sorry, in misinformation lexicon. Now, wow. you and I have talked about some of these on the show. Which, which one sounds... Um, yeah, I don't do know. Next? I mean, I, I, I think evaluating expertise is pretty, is pretty core to what we're doing here. Yeah. So what do so, we think? Okay, so this is what they have to say about evaluating oh, expertise. Oh, yeah, riffle that. Riffle that here by the microphone. <laughs> a little closer. A little closer. you got to hold on. Let me, let me see that real quick. Let me see it. we got to... That's for the kids. That's paper. Paper. It's not. Paper. It's a paper sound. For those of you who are like, what is that dissonance? It's so, paper. If you think <clears throat> back to May, there was a woman. May of 2020. Yes. Oh, wow. The That's pandemic. Remember the pandemic video? The, yeah. Pl- yeah. Yes. Remember God, that? Crashed. And that woman had a PhD. Yeah. They, right? give, them, they give them to a lot of people. But she yeah. was peddling a conspiracy theory. She was. And so this. Uh, part of the website on a, this lip toolkit on evaluating expert uses her as an example. Oh, okay, good. And says when we go to listen to an when we tr- read a, read an expert, hear an expert, like we should be asking ourselves, okay, expert, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> we should be asking ourselves, like, okay, well, let me actually start with you. What's one thing you would look for or ask yourself when someone is being cited, if you, Brian Barnes, as a critical thinker, say, wait a minute, let me check into what, into this person. What, how, expert, huh? What would you look, what's just one thing you would look at? Well, there are so many things that I would just, look at. Just give me one. Well, one thing is I would look for their bona fides. I would try to figure yes. out where have they been educated on these topics. And then I would try to look for some kind of, I'm not claiming to be an expert on all institutions or anything. I would just apply the sniff test like does that does that hell I mean if, if I'm looking at this can I make some determination that maybe the degree that they got doesn't seem to go with the school's name 
And that doesn't mean that it's not all, I mean, I should go check, but at least it would prompt me to go check if, for example, they got their um, master's degree in biochemistry from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And maybe they're trying to talk to you about something related to brain surgery. And I, well, but I mean, in both of those cases, I would be like, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's the issue of where do they know about this thing per se, but then there's the issue of, is this an institution that I should feel comfortable with biochemistry degree graduates coming out? Exactly. Right? So. so one of the first things they say is you ask what institution are they affiliated with sure. or their degree comes from. Right? Sure. And it, and we're just asking. No one's saying that we're looking for something that's that's crazy, but we are looking for things that don't pass the sniff test. Exactly. Yeah. The critical thinking sniff test. Yeah. Uh, the next one, what else, what have they written? And folks, in case you don't know, if you want to find out if this person has published scholarship and in what journals have they published, right, or what academic, you know, um, uh, venues do they, have they published or, or worked in, you go to a website called Google Scholar, for you example, for you can example. go there. The easy one. ResearchGate. ResearchGate. That's big. That's a good one, right? So that's another way. So you look at an institution, what have they written? This is an interesting one. They suggested look at their social media accounts. I thought that was interesting. If you saw this woman back in May talking about, who has a PhD, talking about, and, and supposedly her on, on the surface, her credentials look pretty solid, but she went to her social media and saw she's peddling conspiracy theories, you might go, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that happens a, a lot, minute. I'm afraid. Yeah, that'd be mm -hmm. hard, though, for, like, Carl Sagan, because he probably doesn't have a social media. He's the late, the late Carl yeah, Sagan. Yeah, I was going to say, he, that would be yeah, weird, Yeah, that too. would be hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have people written about them? That's another thing you yeah. can look at. What have, what have peers said about yeah, them? Yeah, there's definitely stuff out there. And they said, this is a really interesting one. They said, expertise is contextual. So, for example, if somebody is talking about climate change, and you have investigated and realized that maybe not all scientists agree on every detail, but there's general consensus in the scientific community, but this person is going against the general consensus, right. that's a red flag. Well, and that's really problematic because um, you, as the reader, may not have the expertise, frankly, to vet the argument that this person is making in any kind of seriously technical way. There, it may seem on the surface like it's quite obvious, but it may be anything but. And unfortunately, when we don't have the expertise, we find ourselves agreeing for reasons that aren't a function of mm. knowledge, right? We've, it sounds good. It makes us feel good. I like the language. Ah, funny example. It made me laugh. Hey, that name's like my dad's <laughs> name. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff, right? That might cause us to agree, and a lot of it is subtle and maybe implicit. Tough. And so we're not going to know that we even made a decision for that reason. So then the, I'll tell you how we'll know. We'll know when we go back and try to teach the controversy to someone else, and we'll realize we don't actually understand how it works. Right. Very right? good. And maybe they don't either. That's the problem. That's the problem. We're all faking it. Is that the person who wrote the controversy also may not understand, but... They sell the idea to us like, well, you know, I can help you understand this, right? And so we, un we might end up learning of it from their point of view, but they may have left out key features that undermine their position. 
unless we get our own expertise, it's very difficult mm, to know. It's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah. And then we have it's to find the challenge. right experts, but they could all be lying to us. So this is a little bit tricky, folks. But one of the things you can also look for is, does this person, in the context of the conversation, correct mistakes and understand that knowledge changes like new evidence? I mean, you know, is it is it somebody who's just strident and also there's no nuance in there? I like it a lot when there. people point out the complexities. Or the limitations. Yeah. Cause, yeah cause that's, you, that's refreshing. Yeah, because if you don't do that, then it's like, well... I mean, I can see that you know everything about how to get from point A to point whatever, but I don't know if you know anything about the larger system that, you know, what do you do when things go badly and what do you do when the, when the subsystem fails and what do you do when, you know, you realize that there was a misunderstanding or a miscalculation, like what are the processes and what has happened in the past historically, you know, with regard to errors and these kinds of things that are related to this. I mean, if you just don't have a rich view, if you just don't have that more nuanced, more sophisticated view, then I just don't really know how we can say that um, that a person has the kind of knowledge um, that we can really call expertise. You know, you and I had a really interesting wake-up call this past spring with this. And what was that? We had a couple colleagues. How are you? We had a couple colleagues who are public health professors. Right. Um, interview. We interviewed them for the, a couple episodes of the show, right. and we asked Scott Lejoy uh, about where he he as an expert. Where does he get his? Where do, what experts does he rely on? Right. 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 So Dr. Scott Lejoy is a is a public health uh, professional, and so we asked him, and he actually walked us through the layers of like I start with my local. Right. Health department. And then I go at the state level. Yep, yep. And then I look at maybe the CDC and yep. maybe I look at um, the Mayo Clinic. Like, yep. he actually walked us through his, the sources based on his expertise that inform him. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be, first of all, it was very enlightening. Mm. And secondly, I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could interview a bunch of, because this article is like, make sure you go to an expert in Whatever it is you're wondering about, don't rely on Scott LaJoy to tell you everything about everything in science, right? He's quite smart. He is quite smart, though. Scott, you're pretty smart. But, so I guess the thing is, wouldn't it be cool, though, if we could, like, unpack other people's thinking? Like, where they, like, you talked about your dad, mm -hmm. Larry, last mm -hmm. time you talked about when he was a journalist and he was running a newspaper. His thinking, how he developed his expertise was he read these different, every day, mm -hmm. these different newspapers. Like, like that's part of his expertise that informed him. Yep. So anyway, I just thought that that's a really important piece is where are the experts? Right. What are they leaning into? Right. And of course, you know, even though this may seem like a very common sense suggestion, society does not enforce this for us, right? Because you still have celebrity endorsements all over the place, right? Oh, I was just, yes, we do. I was yes. just in the, I went Funny. the other day, yeah, I went the other day into a liquor store and there was a huge, I don't even know if I was in a liquor store, I may have been in Kroger or something. There was a huge display for The Rocks tequila, Dwayne Johnson, right? You know oh, that guy? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, so um, his, his new tequila brand 
And I mean, I'm sure it's a fine tequila. And he's sitting there with a big smile, raising his glass of tequila and all this kind of thing. And you just go, wow, I mean, I've had a good deal of tequila. They had probably had 100 bottles on this display. And of course, they intend to sell them all. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, The Rock, that guy, I mean, I don't know what he knows about tequila. I mean, I, I guess if he was trying to sell me dumbbells or, uh, you know, protein exercise powder? equipment, protein powder, maybe, um, you know, toothpaste. I mean, I don't know, maybe um, maybe even razors or something. Seems like he's a head-shaving guy. I mean, there seems like there are all sorts of things, you know, clothes that are appropriate to huge dudes. I mean, it just <laughs> seems like there are all sorts of things that he could really have a fair amount of expertise in it. But I go, well, why... Why? Why tequila? I mean, I, I, I know why, because he likes it and he wants to do this and this kind of thing, but I just go, well, what makes this, I was just thinking to myself, what would make this tequila in some way distinguishable or superior from other tequilas because of his endorsement? And the answer, unfortunately, was, was nothing. there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing. There's you nothing. You saw right through that one. Well, but I mean, the, and of course, everybody listening to the show is going, ah, Barnes, super easy move, right? The celebrity endorsements are everywhere, and they continue to show up because they work. I mean, that's the thing. So, yeah, we can always see through this. We go, well, I mean, the famous example of, like, whatever it was back in the 80s or something, the the athletes, like the tennis players and stuff, were on TV trying to sell us shaving cream and razors right. and this or, kind of or stuff. Or didn't uh, O.J. Simpson, he, he had that famous commercial where he was, it was a rental car Oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. mm-hmm. And so Maybe what happened? Yeah, of course that was back when everybody was watching. We all had, we all had TV shows that we shared lexicon. Talk about a shared lexicon Absolutely. of mass media and TV that yep. we don't yep. really share much anymore. Well, it's true, and you know the thing is that you say, well, some of these things there might be some relevance, but definitely when you talk about. Um, you know, somebody like O.J. Simpson, of course, you know, this is pre, you know, all of the... The trial. The trial, yeah, the, you know, murder and all that. But, I mean, talk about, you know, what is he? He's a football player. What's he got to do with renting cars? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zero. About, we don't even know if he drives cars. Like, he just doesn't have a reputation for any of that um, publicly that he ought to be able to cash in on. But he does cash in on, you know, just his notoriety. And that's what always happens. And it is, you know, last week we talked about fallacious thinking. We talked about logical fallacies. And pretty much every time you see a celebrity endorsement, it's a logical fallacy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an appeal to inappropriate authority. Right. Not, pretty, not no, always, no, 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 but just about. I mean, if you, if you were to listen to the esteem, esteemed Tom Payette talk about automobiles, <laughs> I would think that would be worth listening to. Yeah, and my dad, right? yeah, he would... He would not be he would not be sold out by like money and to he would make sure whatever advice he gave was oh yeah well sure. it's it it for sounds sure. like you're definitely uh, reinforcing him for anybody who might get advice um, I hope he I hope he you know takes care of you uh, on that thing <laughs> uh, but at any rate yeah I mean the, the the point is we can't know anything about experts other than what they have expertise in and we can't know unfortunately for Tom too. We can't actually know, even if they have expertise, if they are representing it accurately. Well, you know, no. I mean, we, we have to trust. We have to believe. And, of course, we put ourselves at risk whenever we do that with experts. 
Absolutely. It's a good reason to check. And it's a good reason to be a critical thinker and it's try some reason, of those moves. Yeah, it's a good reason to have some some experts that you've already checked that you can return to, right? That you feel like, ah, well, you know, Tom Payette is a straight shooter or whatever that right. you know, phrase but, is. So, um, <clears throat> so let's move on to the, the one of the other ones, okay? It's sure. called the misinformation, to have a misinformation lexicon. A misinformation okay? pageant. So I'm going to start by clarifying the difference between misinformation and disinformation. Okay. Okay. Is disinformation, is that like a rap battle? <laughs> like when you call the other person out for being substandard? You're, you're is that, about that's, to find out. Okay. Good one. Misinformation. It's false information shared unintentionally or with an intent to deceive that has the power to influence others. Okay. So it's false information. Disinformation is false or distorted information spread with the intent of influence, manipulating, or deceiving the audience. And so I don't know how that's very different from misinformation. It seems to be broader. Yes. I think yes. that I think this it's, misinformation lexicon just went and looked up definitions <laughs> and plugged them in. And I'm not well, saying that that's misinformation. I'm just saying that is a point of view. Well, memory. okay, let me say it this way. Misinformation is a basic term that refers to false information. So yeah. someone might post or share misinformation unintentionally because they believe it's true. So, okay. So you see what I'm saying? It's about so, intention. Um, well, right? no, yeah. Well, and disinformation <clears throat> represents a subset of misinformation. Disinformation is false or distorted information that is spread with a purposeful intent. Okay. So, right. for example, right. this particular tutorial that I was reading yeah. actually caught me up short because it said, How many times have you shared something based on a headline alone? Oh, yeah. Don't do that. Oops. I was like, Oh, sometimes I've done that. The last time I did that, I got called out on it. You did? I did. I did it. I, I, I'm not going to say I've only ever done it once, but the last time, I know the last time I did it, which was I shared a headline about someone dying, and it turned out it was a joke. See, it was just out there to see who'd share it. Okay. Yeah, and so I totally got you got into you it. got yeah, yeah, reeled yeah. in. So anymore. So in. yeah, now I don't so, do that anymore. So so one of the things there's some <laughs> strategies here on how you can make sure you're not unwittingly sharing disinformation, right. or or I'm sorry, misinformation or disinformation or misinformation or, or, or just digesting it yourself. Do right. We, do we have a thing on there about misinformation? <laughs> Ms. Misinformation. I'll tell you what. You want to talk about sexist terms? Now look. Okay, week. the first one, know the source. Do your homework on the source. For example, last week we shared an entire show on something from the happyneuron.com and I realized, you know what? I didn't I didn't Google the happy neuron or go to Wikipedia to find out what it is. Everybody well, everybody loves happy neurons, whatever they are. <laughs> well, we, I didn't do my homework. Not at all. No, Not I apologize, all. listeners. From now on, I'll make sure I do that. You all can who, send us your opinions about the happy neuron. Who funds it? Maybe Mitch McConnell funds the happy neuron, and I didn't know that. Do you think Mitch McConnell funds anything with happy in the title? <laughs> is that possible? Who funds it? And so what you're supposed to do, one of the things you could do is when you see something like the happy neuron, open another window and Google it or go to Wikipedia <clears throat> to find out something about it. Maybe something. it's funded by, right, an organization that you're like, oh, man, this is probably, this is this headline is probably slanted because it's funded by Procter & Gamble or whatever. Oh, gosh. Procter okay. & Gamble is going to come after the next us. next one. <laughs> know the context. So... So, for example, is it a hoax? Is it a satire? Is it like you just gave an example yeah, of something? Satire is tough sometimes. Right? So don't just look at the headline, folks. Right. That's really important. Right. I am guilty of that. Brian and I are apparently both we guilty, are guilty of that. Yeah. 
So never share something without reading it. Never share something without reading it. <laughs> That's really going to curtail your sharing. <laughs> well, <laughs> not for me. I tell you, the, a lot of things that I find is when I read people, when I read things that other people share, yes. um, is that the headline often does not match the article. Because it's like clickbait and it yeah. doesn't match. Yes. Yeah, and, and that happens That happens a lot. And I, I, have, I have learned who some of my less informed um, social media connections are because they tend to share stuff that is highly sensational and is also against the grain of whatever the news cycle is. So it's something edgy. It's something counter to. It it's something per, per, uh, perks up your ear. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, because like, you're like, I didn't hear that anywhere. Like, what in the world? And then you go, and it's just the headline. And it doesn't even mention, yeah, there was a thing, there was a recent one I saw that was like, uh, you know, Tom Hanks recently moved to Greece. And there was a headline, <laughs> there was a, a, a piece of information that was like, Tom Hanks moves to Greece in advance of pedophile outing or something like that, right? And I was like, bah, I don't think that's what's happening. And so I clicked on it. And the article was about him moving to Greece. And there was no, there was zero pedophile angle. There was no mention of pedophiles. It was just that someone had taken an article, cut and pasted the whole article, slapped that headline on it, and threw Circulated. it out there. Okay, so folks. So, I mean, it's easy. It, yes, it yeah. is. So remember, when you click on those things, somebody somewhere that counts, like the algorithms, you know, Get, grab right, that, and right. somebody could actually be get, making money off you clicking right. on these sensational things. Right. And all of a sudden, now Facebook is going to start feeding you weird stuff. It fed me weird stuff for a minute, and yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that there aren't pedophiles out there, because of course there are, and I have no idea who is or who isn't one, to my knowledge. I'm simply saying that these pieces of media are not demonstrating that, like the ones that I'm seeing. And right. I have I have some friends. It's really a little bit. It's really a little bit frustrating sometimes because I have some friends who are very vocally against pedophilia in the same way that like maybe others of us are vocally against, you know, police brutality or something like they're talking about right. it a lot. And a lot of the stuff they share is just garbage. Like oh. it just, it's just this clickbait trash and it, it's definitely it's against being fed to them a lot sure. of it in their it's, bubble. Well, and it's not, I mean, it's definitely against pedophilia. Like all of it has an anti-pedophilia message, right. but the question is, is it gaslighting the readers, you know, to the idea that there's more pedophilia out there and it's more prominent and it's more of a daily concern than it seems to yes. be. Right. right, that's the that's and the that, concern, and that's where the <clears throat> algorithms can trick you by right. feeding you all this information that right. out way out of proportion of what what is happening in the world. That's right. right? That's right. So, so folks, um, uh, that's really important. So, so another thing is know the facts, check, do some fact checking, and the websites you can go to are Snopes.com. A lot of people know that yeah, one. Sure. Factcheck.org, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's really important that you. Again, if you want to share something, you're like, I don't know if this is accurate, right? Do some fact checking. Right. Right. right Another one that's really easy that I thought was interesting is look at the date. Know the date. A lot of things get recycled. Absolutely. It happens right? all the time. And, and I mean, I, I find myself, you know, going to people and saying, hey, you know, this happened three years ago. This happened five years ago. It's fine if you want to repost it, but do you know? And now I've noticed that Facebook will tell you 
sometimes, you know, this is an article from three years ago. Like, oh, do you want you. to repeat? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if it does it all the time because I don't do it very often, but I have occasionally wanted to share an article that was two or three years old and it said, you know, this article is from this date and it's it's old. Like, it'll say this article is older. And, you know, because I think a lot of people share things with the assumption that it's contemporary, that this thing's yes. happening in the news right. cycle. Again, <clears throat> look at you're scanning, you see something, you yep. click, yep. you or you just forward it and go, I can't believe Tom yep. Hanks, right? And you, right. you forward right. it and then you move on with your day, right? right? And right. so uh, this actually leads to the last tip they have, which is know yourself. Oh, man. Meaning, be, be skeptical. Yeah. Don't let things prey on your emotions or, again, the algorithms dangling things in front of you, right? Have Take a critical thinking pause. Right. In fact, we did a show about, I have to go back and look at it, but it actually talked about, I wish I could remember this phrase, but it was a phrase about pausing and the few seconds you take bef- when you're reading something bef- and you just like, sometimes you just in a hurry, you want to hit like, comment and you want to just or like or or dislike and you just it's like a reaction and they said just take a moment a couple yeah. moments to gather your wits about you and even that pause can help you not be reactive those are the five things around misinformation lexicon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so we've got a couple more to see which one you like to lateral reading we've talked about that before uh, we are informed vote. Maybe we should save informed voting for uh, a future episode because there's three. Sure, why not? Yeah. And uh, news. Are we going to come back to this? Yeah, we'll oh, okay. come back to All it. Right, sure. um, lateral reading Just grab or one. news literacy. Let's go to since we've been talking about checking. Let's do lateral reading. All right. Now, you and I have talked about this before. Sure, you brought that up a long time. Ago. I have. Now yeah. tell the good folks what you remember if you had to define what lateral reading is without using the term lateral or reading in the definition. <laughs> what is lateral reading? Well, uh, it's a couple of different things. One thing is that if I'm on social media or whatever, I'm going to click links and I'm going to try to go find the information elsewhere. And I'm going to try to read the association, the associated links. Is it um, is it related to clicking back? That's part of it. Yeah, that's part. And of then it. the other thing that I'm going to do because I'm old school or whatever is I'm going to try to go to other sources that aren't necessarily um, that one. Uh, or any computer ones, frankly, some that I know exist outside the computer, and try to check whatever it is with that, um, okay. and try to get more information. So that's Good. that's what I think. Good. It is. Now, before we talk about how to do lateral reading, folks, first they said there used to be some old school ways that we were taught. Oh yeah. Do you remember the old school? Ways? I can tell you one really what? quick. What's what one you of the do is you way? take your paper and you rotate it ninety degrees. <laughs> And then you read the stuff sideways. We called it lateral oh, reading. Stop. I don't know what you guys stop. called that. Okay. No. So right. we, how we were taught back in the back in this the, was like in sixth the grade. Aughts, back in yeah. the aughts, <laughs> oh, when we were taught yeah. how to evaluate a website, we said, "Is it a .com or a .org?" Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Right, All and right. we were told to say to look. Does it have ads? Why does it matter if it's .com or .org? Maybe we don't. Well, why some .orgs are reliable. Well, what's but what does it mean? I mean .com versus .org. What does that mean to you when you see that? Oh, what that means is to me, .com is usually associated with a commercial enterprise, uh-huh. and .org is usually maybe with an organization that's maybe an educational or not 
not a commercial offer. But that's not necessarily true. It's I'm not necessarily saying, no, true, but that no. is the rule of thumb. That is I the think. rule of thumb. And yeah, then yeah. what they see here is while some .orgs are reliable, like PewResearch.org, some are biased or partisan, partisan like 911truth.org. Oh, that one's see? totally partisan. Yeah. <laughs> you like French? You like French? We shouldn't shy away from our language ability on this show. It's for everyone. It's fine. It's fine. Jeez, so sensitive. No, I do, but I do think I do think it's very easy for us to stumble on um, think tanks and other kinds of nonprofits yeah. that simply are not there to educate the public in some kind of a Socratic, dare we say, truth-oriented way. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times dot orgs are anything but fair. Agreed. They're promoting a certain angle. Even the ones that I agree with, right? They're often promoting a certain angle. They're not making any efforts to be fair. They're educating, but only in this direction. Right. Yeah. So they say this is actually, I thought this was really interesting. So when they say lateral reading, like, uh, folks, I think what you're probably thinking, lateral meaning like horizontal, right? You're thinking... You're thinking, right, going across. In American football, it, once the ball passes the line of scrimmage, you can only move it by tossing it laterally uh, or running it, right? Okay. So a lot of people are going to have gonna that connection, that, which, like of course, is useless. Yeah, well, just about useless. it's not helpful. Yeah. But so there's a couple things you can do. And, and think of it this way. Mm. When you are scrolling, you are moving which way? You're moving vertically, You're moving right? vertically, yeah, top to so, bottom, right. So catch yourself when you come to something and you go, wait a minute, I'm going to stop moving vertically, yeah. and this is how they suggest you move laterally. Okay. They say, a skill used by professional fact checkers to jump outside of a source, and they use a new browser tab to seek additional information about a source's credibility, reputation, funding sources, and biases. So sometimes they will literally just pause, open another browser when you're over to the right or the left, and they will look at who the author, they will look up the website, they will yeah. look up the sources. Absolutely, yeah. And you can use uh, Wikipedia, look at credible news, like like some, there's actually fake CNN websites out there, which I didn't know about. <laughs> I didn't know about. Now, the other thing they talk about that Brian just referred to is you can click into the article. So, for example, when you're reading a news article or you're reading a claim or something, it'll say, research says, and the research says, those two words will be hyperlinked. And it just wants you to keep reading and just believe, oh, okay, research says that. But if you click, research says, then that will take you, should take you a layer to what is research say? Now, you right. and I have done this before on the yeah. show several times, and we found that sometimes you have to go in three or four layers to get yeah. to the actually scholarly yeah. article. And then you find out the scholarly article is actually way more nuanced and complex and it's gotten simplified with right, every right. layer. Or sometimes it's just, it's just an outright lie. I mean, sometimes whatever they're trying to say in terms of the the actual uh, headline or whatever is nowhere to be found at all. It's not that it's lost in nuance or subtlety. It's just an outright fabrication right. of what the article said. And it's not counting on readers to necessarily do that click. Right, right. Right, because right. one of our very first shows three years ago, we talked about Nicholas Carr's work, where he was actually researching how people digest information mm. on a screen versus in a book, and he said there there's like a shallowness to the kind of like 
skimming. I, he had a word. It was called um, something with the word skimming in it that we we tend to skim mm -hmm. and just go oh, research says da, 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 da. like mm -hmm. we're not mm -hmm. really engaging in a deep way. Yeah, and, yeah. And so he said right. that can really can feed us some bad stuff. Well, sure. And of course, a lot, if we're out there, one of the one of the most insidious ones of these, from yes. my point of view, is anything having to do with statistics. Because the statistics are put out there, and you have to really dig to find out where the statistics came from. You have to go into that article, and often you find like their sample size was like 15 people. You know, their sample size was two instances. Their sample size was you know something something meaningless right and or the time that they allowed for the thing was so short that it just leaves lots of questions and you know it's just it's very difficult um, statistically to know because we we have been trained by kind of the mass media big data approaches to accept whatever they tell us you know right. they say oh we we interviewed people all across the US right or four out of five dentists recommend. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and it's like, well, how many dentists did you talk to? Five. And you the know, fourth one was yeah. hard to understand. 20, 20 of them. We talked to 20, um, you know, and they're all from around here. Well, and that's the thing. It's like so, so many of these national polls, it's like, you know, there are 330-ish million people in the country, and we've talked to 1,000. Whoa. Right. How in the world do you extrapolate that? And they say, ah, but, you know, certain error bars and it's no. acceptable by these methodologies. And you go, okay, but but that's not predictive of anything. A thousand, a thousand random people out of all these millions, you're talking about that's supposed to be well, predictive? It's ridiculous. Maybe that's one of the questions you asked. How are those thousand people we chosen? Was always, it random? We should always be asking these questions, you know, and we, we <sighs> can't. There's no that's way. There's nobody even to ask. There's not even, yeah, like how would you, I mean, if it's not published somewhere, then it's just, it's just, who knows? Folks, Lost. this stuff, this critical thinking stuff is hard work. You it can does hear take, it is hard yeah. work, which is why. It's unpopular too. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. At parties, yeah, Brian is, yeah. Yeah, I, talk, I, I, I was I was listening to some interview today with some, with some uh, entertainer, and she was like, you know, I go to the party sometimes and I talk to people too long, and it's not that I care, it's just that we get caught up in these conversations. She was trying to be funny, and I just started thinking, God, I wonder if that's what people think about me. Mm. You know, because we get into I'm going to do a survey. We get into these conversations, and it's like sometimes I can see, like, they kind of want to be done with it, but we're on a point, and I, well, and but. And you got to ride it home. I just want to know what's going on. You know, I'd hate for all this to be in vain. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do a survey. A survey. You only Anonymous. Know, you only know three people. 100 know. people. Good luck. Like if you can find 100, 100 people, people, that'd be great. Um, well, the citizen, that's why tools 50 like, of them alive. <laughs> that's why tools like the citizen literacy toolkit that we're talking about today is so helpful because folks, the, this website, the videos on it that kind of walk you through it are like two to four minutes long each. They're not long. They're chock full. Amber and Rob did a great job. These handouts, I took notes. I learned so much. I de, what do you call it? I cleared my Facebook, um, thousand apps and websites that sure. Facebook has sure. been now all the assumptions that Facebook has about me gone uh, I'm like I'm like I'm a not total, sure they're gone <laughs> I think they're still I'm a in total there. blank slate to Facebook right now well I mean I wonder right if you have a Facebook account yeah. I know you can go in there and delete all that but if they've been 
Rogue, if they've been sending things to you based upon certain data all this time, if they've been shaping interactions that way, I don't know why they wouldn't just keep doing because that. Because look, I just logged in. It's still showing me bombas. That's what I'm saying. It's going to give it's you. Still it's still showing it's gonna, me bombas. It's going to use what it has. Oh my gosh. You have to populate it with new stuff. It already has a profile Once for daily you. pill for relapsing multiple sclerosis. See, it's now advertising something that has multi-MS. I don't need it. Well, See, it's now just throwing random stuff at me. Seeing what sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah some of that I because it wants, yeah, it wants you to click on new stuff because now it doesn't have any. I'm fascinated now. Yeah. Now look, it's sending me all this stuff for medicine that has nothing to do with. That has nothing to do Maybe with. Maybe it you, knows right? something about my medical records. Well, that's the know. danger, right? Because you were paranoid about it before, and now it might be the case that yes. that paranoia is justified. Okay. Wow. We really well, hope that multiple sclerosis is not in your future. I hope it's not in anybody's I hope that, future. I hope that Facebook doesn't know more about your medical. I wonder if Facebook is listening to this radio show, right? Facebook listens to all. Facebook processes all. I think my phone has been listening to this radio show as we've been talking. I should have turned it off. (laughs) It's going to show me now ads for parties that I should invite you to. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, parties and survey survey instruments. It's going to advertise survey. Yeah, let's see if we get survey instruments. That'd be fascinating. How to predict the weather at home or something like that. I don't know. Um, well, whatever difficulties you're having out there, we hope that um, that you're able to use some of these tools to think to think them through. Um, it's never easy work, but uh, but it's it's worthwhile work. And one of the things you know, you might you might be listening and going, ah, well, I don't know, I don't know if I can do all of these things, and I don't know if I can really, I don't know how effective I'm going to be at changing my um, Facebook social media, you know, preferences and impacts, and I don't know how you know successful I'm going to be in any kind of action um, that I think is important and you know you might just really be questioning your ability to make an impact using some of these critical thinking tools but I think you should really keep in mind that the most important impact that any of us can make is on our own thinking and so using these tools even if they don't mean anything except you just start making different preferences because you're making more informed preferences that's a win for critical thinking. I, 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 I just really think we don't need to worry about setting an exhaustive and, and unreachable bar for critical thinking because it can help us right now. It can help us every day. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Impact on our thinking. Right. That's what matters. Right. Because we carry around our brain with us and making decisions all the time. That's the common right. denominator is us. Right. And we're using, we're always using information. Right? There's always a context. Yes. We're always reasoning. There's always a process in there where we're interpreting that information. We're always using assumptions that we can stop and think about and, and check ourselves. Like, And so as we move through our day, the thinking will be fast and furious. You'll have some challenges, my friends. You should integrate your thinking. Don't be spurious. Uh, you want to add a verse? <laughs> no, I cannot <laughs> top that. Come on. I cannot top that. Well, tell the people something about critical thinking. Critical thinking. I'm drawing a blank. Total wow. Blank. Wow. Well, I have Total short-circuited blank. the entire show. And uh, 
I just want all of you to know that um, Patty will be back next week with some really good ideas, but she's out of them now. She doesn't have any more. So I Low guess. battery. Low yeah, battery. yeah. I guess we work through all the ideas that were worth working through. We'll be back next week. Yeah, and we hope you enjoyed the small musical interlude and that it didn't cause some system crash on your side. I don't know what happened over here. If but it did, let us know. Yeah, the one thing that we know, of course, is that critical thinking is for everyone. Even you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy, even you. Sometimes the show is just... It just needs something. Um... The President of the United States wanted a special postage stamp issued with his picture on it. He expressed his wish to the Postmaster General and stressed that the stamp should be of the highest quality. After the stamps were released, the President immediately began hearing complaints that they were not sticking properly. He was furious. He called the Postmaster General, who checked out the issue at several post offices and then reported on the problem to the President. Mr. President, the postmaster told the commander-in-chief on the phone, the stamp is really of fine quality. The problem is, it's just not sticking to envelopes. But we think we've pinpointed the problem. And what's that, the president said. Well, the postmaster said sheepishly, people keep spitting on the side with your face on it. That one might be for everyone. I mean, which president are we talking about? It's, it's totally... Uh, anonymous. And uh, in other news, a local congressman was sitting in his office when the phone rang. He picked it up, said little, smiled widely, and said, thank you. He hung up the phone. He picked the phone back up and called his mother. Mom, it's me. He said, I won the election. Honestly, she said in response to the news. Does it really matter how I did it? He replied. Whew. I think that one's for everyone. Two presidential aides are having coffee in a back room at the White House. Sometimes I wish we were working for the Pope and not the President, one of them says. Why? Asked the second aide. Because then we'd only have to kiss his ring. While waiting for a White House press conference to begin, a journalist turns to a stranger to his right and asks, Did you hear the latest joke about the president? Before you continue, says the stranger, I should tell you I'm part of the White House staff. Okay, thanks, the journalist responds. Then I'll tell the joke a little slower than normal. I know nobody wants to spend all day on this stuff, but two politicians were having lunch. The first politician says, there are many ways of making money, but there's only one honest way. And how's that? The second politician asks. The first politician laughs and replies, I have no idea. I thought maybe you would. All right, all right. How many politicians does it take to screw in a light bulb? One. <laughs> but boy, does it get screwed good. You're absolutely right. It's for everyone. Thank you.